Today's episode of the Ringer NFL Show and the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by World Central Kitchen. Their relief team is working across America to safely distribute individually packaged fresh meals in communities that need support. They're now serving tens of thousands of meals daily in some of our biggest cities like New York and LA. And they're launching initiatives across America to deliver fresh, hot meals to hospitals and clinics fighting on the front lines while keeping local restaurants and business as well. You can directly help the heroes in hospitals and clinics who are fighting for us, and you can help keep your local restaurants alive. Go to theringer.com slash WCK to donate. Please, we're trying to raise 250000 and if you have means, it's an unbelievably great and useful cause that helps our hospital heroes, emergency workers, and local restaurants. Please give whatever you can. The money goes directly to World Central Kitchen, and it's a charitable donation. Once again, that's theringer.com slash WCK. It's the Ring Run NFL Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I am Kevin Clark. Joining me on the other line, Danny Kelly. Danny, how are you, buddy? I'm doing pretty well, man. This draft is finally almost here, so I'm really excited about that. How are you doing? Finally almost here. Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm, I am excited about the draft. I'm excited yeah. about the Michael Jordan docuseries. If you could get a 10-part series on anything in football, what would it be? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you know, as a Seahawks fan, probably the Pete Carroll, just the start of the Pete Carroll era, because I'm a total Seahawks the nerd. start of the Pete Carroll, wait, him signing Matt Flynn? Yeah, the, the Matt Flynn, Russell Wilson quarterback competition, that was an all-timer. That wasn't even uh, the start of it. The start of it was the Beastquake <laughs> situation. Oh, yeah. I think Marshawn would be okay. I think 10 episodes for anything would be a little, I think unless you got full access to Belichick and Brady, I think 10 episodes a little much for anything football. <laughs> Marshawn, I, I don't know. Marshawn would be an epic one, just a 10 part Marshawn. That's only a lot thing. of airtime to fill for a guy who doesn't like talking. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, all right. We're doing a show today called Burrow or Tua. Uh, Danny, Burrow or Tua? <laughs> Burrow. Okay. That's it. Thank you for listening. No, okay. All right. So here's the deal on that. So. This is not in a vacuum. This is not with everyone right. at full health. This is a very different situation than maybe we thought a year ago with Tua. Um, you know, I, when I talked to Kurt Warner at the Combine, he said if it wasn't for the Tua, the hip injury for Tua that he thinks that this would be extremely close. Right. Um, I don't necessarily know that. We're going we're gonna to get into that. But this is a world in which Joe Burrow lit the world on fire, won a national championship, won a Heisman Trophy, looked as good as a college quarterback has ever looked in his last season on campus. And Tua uh, was banged up and had a hip injury that many people at the time thought might threaten his entire rookie season. That seems yeah. to not be the case. But it's made the decision a lot different. So big picture um, how wh- how do you view Tua as a prospect right now, and how does that differ than than a year ago this time? I think he's an excellent prospect, and I think you know you have to take into context the injury situation. It's not just his hip; mm-hmm. he's also had the two tightrope injuries on his ankles. Um, he's had hand issues. He's had other things that have happened. I think that teams have to take that into account. If you go back a year ago from right now, you know there was all the tank for Tua stuff. He was the there was. He was the obvious number one choice for the next year, and and that always seems to change a little bit. But um, clearly, he's fallen off in terms of the prestige uh, as a prospect. But I still think he's a really, really high level prospect. I still think he's worth the risk for teams that that decide that they want to have him 
um, come in and, and assume that risk of him getting hurt. But I think that what he can do for them is is worth it to me. I, I you know, there's there's been so many. It's been like a roller coaster, I think, you know, the last few months in terms of what people think of Tua, because I remember, you know, coming out of the combine, a lot of indications were really strong. There was sort of these whispers and rumors that, oh, maybe like Tua could even be in play for number one. Like there maybe, maybe that's a thing. And then right. now, now it's like he's gonna fall. He's gonna drop like a rock in the draft. He's gonna go up. Anybody, into the- anybody who spends enough time in the public eye as a draft prospect goes through every <laughs> single scenario. Yeah. It's very yeah. much die a hero or live enough to become a villain. Like if you are a top right. quarterback, you will at one point be mocked at one and then at one point be mocked in the seventh round. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like the pendulum has swinged, swung, swung so far back um, that he is now sort of like this huge, huge, massive, massive risk after mm-hmm. I think people sort of started to feel like the risk, it wasn't like that strong a risk. His hip is by all accounts, by all, you know, uh, reports and everything that we've heard, his hip is doing great. He looks like he's doing great, you know, in the videos that he's released of his pro day, his, his unofficial pro day. Yeah. So I, mean, I just it's hard. feel like it's a, hard. It's hard. It, yeah. The, this is a very bad time to have question marks. I know. There I mean, obviously, no, yeah. <laughs> with the pandemic going on, he can't. He can't do his normal battery of tests for every team. Rechecks like you would normally right. would. It's it's just a little yeah. bit different. So couple things to unpack. Number one, this podcast in the last couple of weeks has, has strangely, because of the guests we've had on, swung in a weird anti-Tua way. Um, just because <laughs> we've had, you know, like Mike Tannenbaum was on last week, and I think the world of Mike Tannenbaum um, as an analyst, and he basically said that that you Herbert should be a top 10 pick and Tua shouldn't. Um, mm. And that's, that's all the health. That's all health. And yeah. I think that, again... This is the weirdest time in the history of drafts to have question marks. I think that, you know, I saw the Bob McGinn thing. I don't know if you saw this, that there were some scouts questions about RPOs. And, and you know, look, Tua is one of the best RPO quarterbacks I've ever seen. Okay. Right. And I think that in a weird way, NFL scouts see that as a negative, even though that's you can do anything in football at, at, at every level now. And there's right. no such thing as a square peg in a round hole. And if you get Tua and you say he can't do anything but X, Y, and Z, well, then just do X, Y, and Z. That's what modern (laughs) football is. It's not hard. What can a guy, what can a guy do, not what can't he do? And you build an offense around him. This is not hard. I mean, I've seen, it drives me crazy when I still see, oh, so-and-so needs to be more pro-style or whatever. What is pro-style? Pro-style is what you can do in the pros, and you can do whatever you want in the pros. That That's football in 2020, and it's been that way for two, three, four, five years. Yeah. Um, I, I think that if you have questions about Tua, the player, that's a little bit different. I think this is all health, and that's why I'd be fairly scared to take him in the top five. If I'm, in the, if, if I'm at 10, 11, 12, I'm okay pulling the trigger right now. What, what say right. you on that? Yeah, first of all, I totally agree with you in terms of, you know, it, it it is a major question of health, and I think Roger Sherman wrote about this this week at the Ringer dot com. It's yeah. everybody seems to be talking about Tua as a football player, like as a football prospect now, which is just silly based on you know his career stats, everything that we saw from Tua in the last few years mm-hmm. at Alabama. Um, it just all feels like nitpicking, and and the system quarterback thing is such a stupid talking point, and it ha- this has been happening for years now. 
But Joe Burrow is every just as much of a, is a, every, every quarterback is a system quarterback. Every quarterback is a system quarterback. That is football. Right. And Joe Burrow is in this. It's, it's the exact same thing. Like what happened from him junior year to senior year, he got into a system that absolutely fit his skill set perfectly. He blossomed. He absolutely exploded in that offense. And frankly, if he doesn't get into that kind of offense in the NFL, if they try to make him into a totally different style of quarterback in the pros, um, I think that is, you know, it's just stupid. I think you have to project him into the NFL doing what they did at LSU, which was, you know, a lot of um, spread out stuff. You know, they were doing like the five-man protection. So he was just able to kind of pick apart a defense, find the weak spot, Mm -hmm. get rid of it quickly, all that stuff that made him, um, you know, that helped him blossom to the point which we saw last year. And I think you could make the exact same arguments for both of these guys. So I just think it's, this is, this is the draft process. And this is like the cycle of everything where you build one guy up or, or, you know, tear him down a little bit or whatever. It's just kind of like, we need to figure out stuff to talk about. But I think the football aspect of it, there, there's similarities there between Burrow and Tua where I think, you know, system fit is going to matter for both of those guys. And to answer your question about, you know, the health thing, I I do think it does worry me a little bit. You know, obviously he's got the history of injuries and um, there's a, there's a certain concern for sure that that will happen in the pros that'll continue forward. Like Mm -hmm. you've seen, how uh, like Robert Griffin, his his career kind of fell off a cliff because he he got hurt. He wasn't super adept at at sliding and and you know yeah, avoiding that's, big that's hits. Some, that's and something like I, that. I wanted to address because Charles Robinson on this podcast last week that was part of the the weird anti Tua seminar that developed. Even though I'm not personally anti Tua, um, Charles Robinson said there are scouts who concern who have concerns about his ability to take a hit or to take to fall. That that was the problem is, is he couldn't right. fall effectively that that he makes a meal out of that. And I think that that is I, I think you can learn that. I, I assume you can learn that. It's not a yeah. fatal fall like some throwing problem or or the inability to to, to make reads or whatever. Um I I'd much rather that be my problem than than those things. And yeah. so I'm I'm okay with that. I just think he can get into a, a system where he can he can learn that. I think that from a system standpoint, you know, listen, Joe Burrow's system was so good that the Carolina Panthers threw a bunch of money at a 30-year-old to make him an offensive Exactly. Right. Yeah. And and yeah. that's that's all you need to know about that. I think yeah. that both of these guys are just incredible, incredible talents. I would say, you know, I I, I heard Daniel Jeremiah say this a couple of weeks ago, and I've thought about it a lot, is that with Burrow, maybe he doesn't have elite, elite, elite arm strength, but vision is his superpower. And I mm. think that in modern football, so much of this is, you know, everyone said, everyone started using the term basketball on grass in the past decade. And yeah. that was sort of true, but it really became true maybe three years ago. Uh, I remember the Kyle Shanahan Falcons, you know, how often Matt Ryan was able to effectively use four wide outs. Sometimes, I mean, his his ability to read the entire field was was really incredible under Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. And I remember talking to a lot of Falcons about that. And you think about, I'm, I'm not comparing the two by any means, but I'm just saying the ability to be able to read that many receivers that quickly and have that kind of vision is a cheat code in football. And if you can take Joe Burrow and take that vision and take the speed at which he, he diagnoses the field and build a system to to help that, uh, you're going to have success quite early. You know, I think that, um, I don't know yep. if you saw this, but St- Stephen Ruiz from USA Today had a super cut 
of his outside throws, um, Burrow's outside throws, and they're not mm-hmm. great. But I think that his ability to make easy throws is what's going to be able to separate him early. And I think that he he will be able to do enough to become a really, really good NFL quarterback. Do I, I don't think, you know, there's there's a lot of comparisons that have been thrown around. I think that from a competitive standpoint, from a competitive standpoint, I think people say he's sort of top of the line, like almost like a Tom Brady, Drew Brees type who just right. – Right. Who hates who hates to lose so much? He's 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 a little bit cocky. He 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 just. I mean, some of those some of the draft gurus said that he's the most competitive quarterback they've seen in a decade, and and I don't know. I I think that stuff really counts. Um, but I think that I'm pegging him more to be sort of like a you know the tenth best quarterback in football in three years than the number one best quarterback in football in three years. What say you on that? Yeah, I think that would be. That would be a bold statement to say that you think he's going to be the best quarterback in football in ten years. Um, I three think. Years. I think. In how long? Three years. Oh, three years. My bad. My bad. Yeah, ten years is a is a long time. Um, I think. I mean, who who the hell knows? He could be the best quarterback in football in ten years. <laughs> yeah, know, Calvin seriously. Kelly could be the top quarterback in ten years. <laughs> yeah, my bad. My bad. Um, yeah, no, I, I I think to your point, like the confidence thing is what separates him. Like, there's. There, there is a reason that people have compared him to Tom Brady. I think I saw even Greg Cosell from NFL Films compared him to yeah. Tom Brady in his scouting report that came out the other day, today maybe. Um, and mm-hmm. so, like, there's a reason that they that people have made that connection. It's not necessarily um, the physical thing because Burrow's very athletic, but it, it's just his ability mm-hmm. to deal with high pressure situations, be co- totally cool and calm under pressure. He was like that all season. Um, in the biggest moments, under the brightest lights, all that. Like, that was very, very impressive to me. Um, the other thing that I think that that Burrow has that absolutely translates to the NFL is his accuracy. And like you mentioned, like, his, yeah. his arm strength isn't top tier. It's probably more on, like, the average bucket. But he is pinpoint accurate uh, to multiple la- layers of the field. Um, he can just put it exactly where he wants to put it. He puts it... Um, one thing I, I was rewatching his tape the other day, and I just kept noticing he puts the ball exactly in the spot his receiver needs it um, in mm-hmm. terms of where his defender is. So, like, if the defender is on the guy's outside hip, he'll throw it a little bit to the inside, let him go up and get it. He'll do a back shoulder throw if the guy is overplaying him a little bit, you know, to the um, like downfield or whatever. Um, so, I just really, really love that about him. He, he's he's so smart and so savvy about where he puts the football exactly. It's ball placement. It's not just accuracy. And he has that consistently, consistently, consistently. And so, that I think that's something that will absolutely translate to the NFL, and it's going to be huge for him in his career. And I think I would say the same thing about Tua, actually, um, you know, in terms of his accuracy. That is the thing that stands out the most to me. His processing, his accuracy, his ability to deliver the football exactly where his receiver needs it so he can turn up field. Um, you even see Tua kind of leading his receivers away from contact, things like that. Little things that I think will absolutely translate to the next level. Um, yeah, I just think, you know, for both of these guys, what separates them is not just the mental aspects, which I think both of them have, but the accuracy is really what stands out. I think the competitive stories about Burrow really get me excited. And they're the reason that I think that he's going to have some instant success. You know, I, I think that uh, Albert Breer Sports Illustrated had a piece this week or last week about the fact that he, and it mentioned the fact that he against Miami last year was basically just talking trash to defensive linemen pregame and, and <laughs> has a fire that is, 
I don't know. It's it's a little bit unique among NFL starting quarterbacks. There's not a lot of guys like that. He wanted to be on kickoff duty when he wasn't playing. Like I, you know, he's a multi-sport <laughs> oh, athlete. He, he liked basketball. He loved baseball. Um, he's he's. I think he wanted to play basketball at first until he realized how good he was at football. Um, I think he's a, you know, I think Urban Meyer says he's one of the biggest, best competitors he's ever seen. Like, I, I kind of think that that, I th- think that matters more than, than we think. You know, I remember talking to George yeah. Kittle in December and he made the point, he's a big visualization guy. And we were talking about it and he was like, I, the thing you have to understand about football, he said, was that everybody is incredibly athletic. Everyone right essentially is you know if you're talented enough to be in the nfl you have unbelievable physical gifts and that the difference between mediocrity and greatness is mental it's all mental and i think that you see i think russell wilson's a great example of this of someone who just has the mental part of the game absolutely down and is an incredible competitor and is able to overcome basically anything. I mean, for God's sake, Tom Cable was the offensive line coach and Russell Wilson <laughs> played as well as anybody um, in football. And I think that you look at the Bengals situation, they don't spend a lot of money on things. They don't have a huge front office. They they are not exactly a well-run organization. Marvin Lewis changed a little bit of that, um, but they are not exactly the Patriots. Um, they're not exactly right. the Seahawks. And... I think that his ability to compete and his ability to to have the mental game down is going to help going in a situation like that when he has to turn it around. I think if anybody can go in there and turn around the Cincinnati Bengals right now, it's it's competitive, crazy Joe Burrow. <laughs> I can absolutely see that. In fact, when you're when you're telling those stories, I haven't actually heard those stories, so that's awesome. Um, when you were telling those stories, I thought back, and, I, and I'm trying to remember exactly when this play happened. I believe it was against Auburn. And he got absolutely lit up on the sideline. And someone correct me if it wasn't yeah. it wasn't Auburn, but um, he he was scrambling around trying to get a first down. He got absolutely lit up like hard, and then he just bounced right back up. Like he like yep. He it's one of those things where it's such a cliche, but like he loves football, and you just like you love to see that you know in any any position, but especially quarterback. Did we just is, get a you love to see that in the wild? <laughs> You love to see it, Kevin. Um, I just I think love it, the, it is the crazy though. competitiveness. That, that's what <laughs> I just love the crazy. I want, I want a player, and this has been talked about a lot. I want a player where he's so competitive, you wonder if he's crazy. And that's the Michael Jordan yes. thing. Yes, that's the Tom Brady thing. That I mean, I, I've told the Brady stories a million times of what the guys who you know who work out with him this summer say. Um, that's the Breeze thing. I remember this thing a couple of years ago. I, I I did a story about the backup quarterbacks with Breeze. And he used to to play these like mini games. He still does. He's like challenge games with them, and yeah. even not even just on the field, but he would get with his backups, and they would they would you know go paddle boarding, and he would race them. I mean, he was just crazy. About, or you know, hey, I bet you can hit those trash cans, you know, sixty yards away, whatever. And I remember <laughs> asking, I don't remember which backup it was, um, may have been Chase Daniel, and I said, what what is the deal? Why is he just doing this constantly? And they were like. Drew Brees knows he's not going to lose a quarterback competition to McCown or Chase Daniel or Ryan Griffin or any of these guys. So he needs something to compete or else he's just going to go crazy. Like he he needs, if he's standing next to Chase Daniel, he can't play football against Chase Daniel because he would win. So what's he going to do? He'll just think of something. 
And those are the type of stories you're starting to hear about Joe Burrow, where he's just, I mean, everyone who's been around him says he's just one of the best competitors they've ever seen. And I think, I think when you when you take the 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 vision part of it, the accuracy part of it, um, his ability to make easy throws, his ability to read defenses, I think that that's that's going to help him in the NFL. Yeah, I absolutely, man. I I love that stuff. I love that part of the game. Um, and I was just thinking, like we we used to talk about this with Russell Wilson a little bit because he had, you know, he had one of the most like one of the worst moments in Super Bowl history, throwing that pick in the end of Super Bowl. Um, Whatever it was, forty nine. What I about a ten? What about a ten episode documentary on that? <laughs> that would be, that would be excruciating. I'll pass on that one. Um, okay. But so, anyways, we we talked about it at the time. Like he was so upbeat about it afterwards. Like mm-hmm. I think if you're, you know, any professional sport, any any professional athlete has to um, have the ability to forget and move on from mistakes. Um, but I think the highest level quarterbacks, like the best quarterbacks in the NFL, have this almost like sociopathic lack of memory yep. where you you know what I mean? Like you have to be able to just have yep. this unreal confidence in yourself, like actually crazy confidence in yourself. And I think like the best quarterbacks in the NFL have that. Um, because otherwise you're just gonna be second guessing yourself. You're gonna think about that mistake you made, all this stuff. It is just like I think that stuff is very fascinating, like the sports psychology of it all. His dad told a story about when they were in high school. and I'm sorry, it was on the Daniel Jeremiah podcast, which is a, a really good, uh, they did a 360 on him and Bucky Brooks, and they mm-hmm. had his dad on. And they asked him about it, and he said that when he was in high school, that they had suffered some loss in a championship game, and his teammate, Burrow's teammate, threw the second-place trophy in the gar- garbage can. And Mr. Burrow said, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Burrow said, oh, I'm glad Joe didn't do that. And then he went up to Joe's room later and Joe had dismantled the <laughs> second place trophy. He just ripped it apart. So it was even yeah, more destructive on the second place trophy. Like the, if you're I, I first, need your last. Exactly. And I think that it's uh, Leonard Fournette, even though, you know, look, Leonard Fournette is not a top of the line NFL player, but he took a lot of his awards that he didn't care much about and he gave them away and they, they became high school uh weights if you remember that story but <laughs> i think that yeah. i think that the competitiveness is actually you know it's after a lot of physical traits and it's after a lot of mental traits but that can be the difference and i yeah, think that yeah um i think joe burrow is really good and i think the two is really good um where do you want Tua to go Oh, that's a good question. I, I really, it, this is the chalk answers, but either Miami or the Chargers. I lean Chargers just because I think that their support system is slightly more like refined right now, especially on offense with Keenan Allen, mm-hmm. um, you know, Hunter Henry. Their offensive line is a big question mark, but so is, so it's the same deal in Miami. I mean, I like a few of the receivers in Miami too, but I just think overall, Tua has a better chance of early production in, um, at the, in the Chargers offense. So I kind of lean them. And I mean, you know, do I think he's going to fall? My gut says no. I, maybe that's just me being like, that's like hopeful thinking for me or whatever, wishful thinking, because I'm a big fan of his and I think he's really good. But um, I'm not the one that has to make that gamble. I'm not the one that has to stake sort of my career on him staying healthy or not my career, but my job on him staying healthy if I'm a GM. However, I feel that I would be more comfortable taking Tua, even though he has that injury risk, than a guy mm-hmm. like Burrow or, or sorry, not, than a guy like Herbert, 
Um, just because he is the, to me, he's clearly the superior uh, prospect. And I had Josh Norris from Roto World tweeted this out the other day. I was like, I couldn't like agree with it more emphatically. It's just like, it's riskier to take a worse player. <laughs> like, bottom line, like Tua yeah. is a better player. And yeah. you can worry about the injury stuff. I get that for sure. But if if my job is online, I'm taking the far superior player. And that's who I think, that's what I think Tua is. So I'm hoping that he doesn't fall on draft night. Um, I do acknowledge that it is it is an, it is a potential uh, thing that could happen though. Who's going to get Burrow after the first seven teams have Wi-Fi issues and don't get a pick in? <laughs> the first twenty-two oh teams, and then the Patriots get him. <laughs> this, I mean, so like the, the report it, today yeah. was that the first pick in the mock draft did not go well, um, which I believe was the Cowboys' pick, and yeah, because they yeah. they obviously did it a little bit different, it wasn't the Bengals' pick. Um, but I'm expecting some extremely entertaining work from home issues. <laughs> I know. I cannot wait. I think this is going to be the most entertaining draft. And not to mention, like, I'm just fascinated to see how networks cover everything and how they make it all work with everybody, you know, doing Zoom and stuff. But, you know, past that, like, how are the teams going to make this all work? Um, it's going to be very fascinating. Anything else that we need to talk about with Burrow and Tua? I just, like, want to re emphasize how much I like Tua as a player. I feel like... Yep. This is a pro-Tua podcast that got yeah. a little bit anti-Tua the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I just think, man, I just... First of all, it's just really fun to watch him play. Like, the way he, he he's so fast as a processor, he just snaps the ball off. Um, like, we mentioned the RPO plays. He's good on play action. Extreme accuracy to all levels of the field. Everything that, that kind of, like, has happened over the last few months with the injury um, and... and I think that's all legitimate, but like when when we talk about his abilities as a player, I think it's just nitpicking at this point. So picking nits like the rewatchables. That's us <laughs> rewatch rewatching the uh, the 2019 football season. All right, um, we're gonna have draft content all week, both on the site and on video and on the podcast. We're gonna be back again in a couple of days. Danny, what do you got story wise this week? I got a mock draft coming up on Wednesday. Yeah. So that's the, I guess, my final one. My best guess. No internet happen. problems here, baby. <laughs> so yeah, we're doing that. And then the uh, big board gets a, a final update to 100 players. So I'm up to my top 100 and lock that in for, I believe, on Wednesday. So yeah, then we'll be locked and loaded for the for the draft and all the shenanigans and that we're going to be potting there. again. Yeah, I think we're. I think the plan is to talk about the mock draft. So yeah, that'll be fun. All right, let's ride. Danny Kelly, thank you for joining us. Thank you, man.